August 23, 2019, San Francisco. The Sales Development Conference, the third annual conference focused and dedicated 100% to sales development. Join over 500 of the most influential sales development leaders in our industry for a full day of learning, networking, and growing your skills. This year, we're offering three learning tracks focused on sales development leadership, rep training, and our newest track dedicated to sales and marketing operations. Grab your tickets today before it sells out over at 10bound.com conference. That's 10bound.com conference. See you August 23rd. CRM has been proven to limit sales reps' responsiveness, persistency, and cadence. It's a design flaw, and it's losing you deals. That is why today's sales leaders use sales engagement platforms like VanillaSoft. Check it out. Go to VanillaSoft.com and start your free trial. Hello, 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 everybody. Welcome to another edition of the Sales Development Podcast. I am honored and blessed to have my next guest on the show. This is a good friend of mine who we've kind of uh, been in contact for a couple of years now, and I've been really impressed with what he's been able to build here in the sales development community. Mr. James Nielsen, the CEO of Vendition. How are you doing today, sir? I'm doing well. How are you, David? Oh, man. You know, I'm just like I, I was saying before the show, I was shocked that it took so long to get you on here. We're almost at 100 episodes. And, you know, we've been talking about this stuff ever since a couple of years ago when I started the podcast. So I'm glad to have you on. Yeah, I'm honored to be here. I'm a big fan of your work. And I think I probably listened to all 100 of those. So <laughs> it's good to be a guest. That's awesome, dude. Okay, so you're working on a lot of cool stuff in the sales development realm. But if folks didn't make it to the conference last year, where if you guys are on the YouTube, the 10 Bound YouTube channel, James put on an awesome presentation on the future of sales development. It's on there. It's about half an hour of just pure value. So I would definitely check that out. But James, if they didn't catch you at the conference last year, can you tell us a bit about yourself and how you got into sales development, how you started uh, Vendition? Yeah, for sure. I think one of the things about Vendition is, you know, I've kind of experienced personally both sides of the problem that we solve. So I actually have an engineering background and I'll spare you the, the boring details. But when I kind of decided to transition from engineering into sales and the fascinated by driving revenue for organizations, I found very little opportunity to learn this craft, right? There's no sales majors or internships. It's kind of you know, for, for literally centuries, it's been, you know, follow that person, they're pretty good at it. So it's tough to, I found it hard to kind of learn sales and it kind of probably sparked something in the back of my mind is why doesn't a sales school actually exist? And then as I went through my career and got promoted into managing sales development teams and account executive teams and being a VP of sales at different organizations, I always found that the hardest role to hire for was SDRs, right? The most junior role. It, it was interesting that that I knew what I wanted when it came to account executives, but for SDRs, I couldn't figure out where to find them. How do you assess them? Training them took an incredible amount of resources and time. And so I found out that other VPs of sales, my peers had the same problem. And I kind of realized, all right, someone needs to solve this problem. Maybe I should stop complaining about it and try to figure out how to do it myself. There you go. Okay. So, so <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I love the engineering background. I think that that's, that's pretty rare in the sales field. Most people you know, kind of the the stereotype of salespeople are their people people, right? <laughs> they they get right, right. sales because they like talking to people and they they're not afraid to walk up to people. But we need desperately the that engineering 
background to take this to the next level because, you know, there's not enough focus on that. So as you identified this problem, what was your solution? How did you put it together and how did it become Vendition? Because you guys are just crushing it right now. Yeah, we definitely iterated on a lot of different models as far as what sales training looks like. And we certainly looked at the coding bootcamp space and the three-month cohort kind of style training. And, you know, we, we knew there were options around different boot camps. And as you know, Vendition, actually the original business, the, the company name was Sales Bootcamp. We're literally Sales Bootcamp Inc. Salesbootcamp.com still exists. It's a free online course for anyone who wants to learn how to be an SDR and learn about sales development. And that uh, always has been and always will be a focus of our business. But, you know, I'm, I'm really passionate about the fact that I believe that, you know, the best way to learn how to sell is to actually sell. And, Learn by doing is a key part of sales development curriculum and training. And so we have this super unique apprenticeship model, which, you know, as apprenticeships is a word that people have heard before. But, you know, in Europe, it's, it's pretty common. A lot of people do apprenticeships. But here in the U.S., it's kind of more saved for the trades, right? Plumbing, electricians, you know, it's, it's standard, right? If you want to be a plumber, you go and be an apprentice and that's how you earn, you know, kind of learn and experience the things that you want to experience and get the skills and knowledge you need to be a plumber. But here in the U.S., within more professional type of roles, there's not as much apprenticeships, right? And so our model has a kind of on-the-job training plus supplemental coursework and curriculum you know, kind of really personalized one-on-ones, daily office hours. There's a lot of things that we do within our apprenticeship, but the whole business model is about on-the-job experience with supplemental coursework and training. And at the end of those three months, you're a fully qualified and certified SDR. Well, it's interesting also from the employer perspective, right? Because they're, you know, you're kind of flying blind in a lot of ways in recruiting SDRs. You know, there's not a lot of information beyond the resume interviews that you have, but in your model on the receiving end of the apprenticeship is the employer who can have someone come in for three months and really make sure that it's a good fit, you know, from a relationship perspective, a cultural perspective and stuff like that, right? Yeah, it's absolutely right. I mean, the uh, we have over 200 different companies that we work with, and it could probably easily be 2,000 if we want it to be. We have one sales guy who's brought on pretty much all of those clients and 2019 is going to be a big year for us to, to scale our business and just let people know what we're up to. But yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, from a recruiting perspective, it's extremely hard to find people who are interested in being an SDR. And that's a, that's a problem that every startup and every large company has. And then also the assessment part of it, right? How do you assess someone who doesn't have any experience in your field? So there's lots of uh, there's lots of ways to do that. And we have, you know, we take a lot of pride. That's what I gave my presentation at your conference about was kind of a big part of that. How do you assess people and what are the different traits that correlate with success within sales development? Because, you know, you can't just, it's not like an account executive role where you want to see, you know, how many years worth of, you know, quote attainment they've achieved and how they go through it, how they manage the sales process. It's hard to ask all those questions for someone who's never done the job before. Right. So you have that figured out. And it's interesting because I think the pushback probably from an employer would be, hey, we have a recruiting department. Like we have someone who's in charge of sales recruiting and they're in charge of getting the SDRs. And then at the same time, you have the SDR manager who they need really high quality SDRs on the team, you know, in order to hit their numbers. And so there's a kind of a push and pull where, 
the recruiting department says, hey, I got this, you know, we're, we're, we're getting new people, we're going to get great people in. And the SDR manager's like, I don't have enough people, they're not up to the quality that we need. And it's like, what's your response if a recruiter is like, hey, we got this, we don't need anything like what you guys are doing? Yeah, there's basically, you know, here at Vendition, you know, there's kind of three main value props that we have for businesses. One is on the recruiting side, as far as just getting the most elite SDRs in the door so you can start to interview them. The second part of that is our assessment process, which is, you know, probably one of my personal favorites, as far as just the ability to really properly assess who has the chops for this this profession, which as you know, it's not for everyone. And then finally, the training part of it and just being world-class sales development trainers, especially within that first 30, 60, 90, right? Where that's our expertise is getting someone ramped up in those first 90 days. And so where our partner companies find the most value within those three kind of value propositions varies, right? Some people very see it, very much see us as that first bucket, which is, you know, Vendition has the most elite SDRs on the market. We're going to work with them because it helps us from a recruiting perspective. Other people find zero value in that. And they say, we find all the talent ourselves. We just want you guys to help assess and train them. And so it definitely varies. And we actually work with both internal and external recruiters as opposed to against them. A lot of organizations will go and find SDRs on their own, and then they still want to put them through the apprenticeship. That happens all the time. And so there's, you know, there's a lot of different ways that, that we work with organizations. And certainly recruiting is part of it, but not the only part. Interesting. Okay. So how do you deal with the competitive markets? Like, I mean, the Bay Area, we've been in a progression for like six years. Everyone's like, my God, when is this thing going to crash? But right now it's still, we're talking at 20, right at the beginning of 2019, it's still a very competitive market. It's a candidate market. You know, they can choose the company. If they're a pretty good candidate, they can choose the company. So how do you deal with very competitive markets like we have in the Bay Area? Yeah, I think the, you know, from a, whether it's recent college graduates or a career switcher, maybe a veteran reentering the workforce as a civilian, you know, there's, I think the big, the Fortune 500 companies out there with great brand recognition, you know, they probably have no shortage of applicants coming in through their door every day. But, you know, from a B2B perspective, even large B2B companies with thousands of employees, it's, they're not really, you know, they're not household names in this country. And so, you know, if, if you're one of the 4 million college graduates coming out of school, you probably don't, you've probably never heard of them. So, you know, believe it or not, it's actually really, it's still really challenging for companies to find talent and generate awareness of like who they are and why people should come and work for them. And I think from a candidate perspective, again, they're applying for jobs with zero experience or training. And so, you know, when they come to us and, and they tell us what they want and how they, you know, what they're looking for in a job, there's a huge amount of trust that they have that we can find the right role for them within sales development. I mean, sales development is a really tough job, right? And you're open to new graduates and then career switchers, et cetera. So what do you say to people who are like, hey, I'm not really sure what I want to do, but this sales development thing looks really cool. I, I might want to try it. I mean, how honest are you? <laughs> I mean, I know that you're very honest, but are you just like, dude, this job is freaking hard, man. Are you sure that you want to do this? Or what do you say to them? No, we're, we're very honest. And, you know, you definitely you want to be upfront and make sure they know what they're getting themselves into, because the worst thing that can happen is that they get their foot in the door and, you know, a couple months go by and they decide it's not for them. Like that would be that would be kind of a disaster for all parties. And so you want them to know that it's extremely hard. It's challenging. You're going to deal with rejection on a daily basis. 
the vast majority of our SDRs that we communicate with do want to eventually move into AE roles. And so, you know, I think that's one thing that keeps people motivated and fired up is the fact that if they're successful in their role and they can get, get promoted within a year or two or three, then they're going to have their own SDR who spends all day prospecting, trying to get qualified opportunities for them. And so it's kind of just a matter of, of working hard and grinding through it. And you should enjoy many parts of it, but also we don't sugarcoat it. I mean, there are parts of your job that are just very challenging and difficult and might not be enjoyable, but but eventually you can, you know, if you do decide to move into a closing role someday, you're going to have someone building pipeline for you. Yeah, exactly. I mean, and it's interesting because, you know, people need the SDR function in order to con- consistently be building pipeline. And and you mentioned before the show, I mean, the future of the sales development profession is very, very bright. And even with all the changes that are happening right now, people need sales appointments, they need pipeline, and they need it to convert to revenue. So the sales development industry has a ton of, of potential. But it's interesting because it's still viewed as something that's, um, you know, there, there's not a lot of thought put into it at a lot of companies. It's still viewed as an entry level thing, a something that, you know, is passed between the sales team and the marketing team and the ops team. And like, we don't know what to do with it, but it's yet it's so critical to the success of a business. And, you know, do you see out there you know, an evolution happening as far as how sales development is is seen, or is it still like very confusing to most people that are leading companies? Yeah, I do. I mean, I think we're still in the very early stages of what sales development is is turning into and, and going to become. I mean, if you were to pull ninety nine percent, if you were to pull CEOs of any B two B company, I would I would predict that ninety nine percent of them say their number one focus is top line revenue, right? I mean, other than getting good employees, which helps drive top line revenue, but they want to grow the top line of the business, and you need pipeline in order to do that. And I think the amount of options that buyers have these days is so tremendous that you know the days of just spending hundreds of billions of dollars on marketing, sitting back and hoping that your you know the IC, your the buyer persona and your ICP come to your website and fill out a web form. I just, you know, I think those days are, or the amount of revenue driven by that engagement is going to continue to drop from a percentage of your overall revenue. And I think, I think that, you know, the days of rolling up your sleeves and good old fashioned outbound prospecting is going to continue to be the main driver of businesses. And that's what sales development is. And so I actually think that we're in the very early stages of what sales development actually is. And you're going to see a huge influx of investment from organizations in order to figure out how do you get the right people, process technology within sales development to build that top of funnel? And so I think it's I think we're, we're still in the very early days. And, you know, as far as back and forth between between marketing and, and, and sales, you know, I think I know this is something that you and I see eye to eye on, which is it needs to be its own department. Right. Your your head of sales development, whether that's your VP of sales development or your chief sales development officer. I mean, that person should be reporting directly to the CEO. And it's probably going to be one of, if not the largest departments within within an organization, both from an employee standpoint and also just a, an investment standpoint. I truly believe that. I love it, dude. Let's keep fleshing that out. It was funny because I was on the, after I made that speech at the conference, I was on the Outreach podcast and Mark from Outreach was kind of pushing me on that. And, you know, I think that a few years ago, there was a position called the CRO 
right? And and it's like they were the chief revenue officer. And really, that's all that I'm talking about. I mean, you can call it whatever you want, but it's someone who coordinates the funnel and connect the dots across what multiple departments are doing and break the silos down. And, you know, there's people out there that are CROs, but if you the, the ones that I've worked with in the past have been VPs of sales, basically, and with that have a different title. And but I think that the new generation that's coming up looks at it like, why do we have these silos? It doesn't make any sense. Like we're all trying to go to revenue, right? And so, you know. So anyway, so I'll get it off my soapbox. But I'm glad that there's somebody out there that is thinking this way. No, I'm a, I'm a hundred percent. I'm a hundred percent with you. I, I completely agree. I think you know VPs of sales the best ones out there, they got their job because they're great at managing account executives, right? Like that's how they got promoted. That's what their background's on. They used to be an account executive, right? They've, they've proven they consistently can hit their quota from an AE perspective, and then they can also manage people to hit their quota. But that, that doesn't necessarily mean they're an expert at sales development. And so, yeah, I guess you could just take that sales dev leader and roll them up into it. But you know, it's not exactly what their role is. And also you could roll it up into marketing, but that's not exactly, I mean, marketing is so many different things. That it just, I mean, it, to me, it's obvious that it's just a completely different profession. And then from an employee standpoint, I mean, most, most B2B companies, your sales development team is actually larger than your marketing team. So unless you're going to plan on having marketing roll up to your VP of sales, then I don't understand why you would have sales development roll up to your VP of sales. I mean, I, I really think those are three completely independent departments, but that's just my opinion. <laughs> are you in sales, but you're not using a sales engagement tool? then you're probably losing out on revenue because you are not engaging with prospects at the right time, with the right cadence, and with enough persistency. You need VanillaSoft. Start your free trial today. Go to VanillaSoft.com. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's like connecting the dots between all these things and, and making sure that the investments that you're putting at the top of the funnel are being maximized and not wasted. I mean, I, I think that, and th there's so much opportunity for coordination across what marketing, sales development, and sales is doing. And it just seems like such a huge lost opportunity. And I have a bad perspective about it because usually people call me when they're like, are, you know, something's broken. Like, and, and will you come in and just, figure out, you know, how do we connect the dots? And so maybe I'm just looking at things in a bad perspective. If you're able to do this effectively, leave a comment on this podcast, because I want to come in and look at a company that's really effective in this way and at coordinating all these things. But go ahead. No, yeah, yeah. Again, I, com I completely agree. I think sales development, I think it's, it's exciting, not just the fact of where it reports into, but just the evolution and how it's involved and what AI does. And I just think, We've come a long way in the profession, and, and it's interesting to see the things that worked 10 years ago versus five years ago versus two quarters ago. And I know that the things that work now are probably not going to work in 2020. So it's just, uh, I think it's a really exciting profession that we have here in our hands. Yeah, that's a really good segue because I wanted to ask you about the debate that you see online. I mean, you are on the front lines of sales development and the future of sales development. You're talking with the people, you're talking with the companies, you're looking at processes, you're doing the training. So you're seeing, you're actually out there seeing what's working and what's not. And the debate that's coming up is, hey, we're at the point where 
AI and the robots can do what an SDR does. So we don't need SDRs anymore because they can do all this stuff. And there's actually people out there who are really pushing this idea. And, you know, I'll save my thoughts on it. I want to hear your thoughts on are the robots ready to take over the SDR position? And, you know, how is that going to affect the future of the profession? Yeah, well, they're definitely not ready now to take over the profession. And my personal opinion is I don't want to, you know, I try not to use absolutes. So I don't want to say they're never going to be ready. But I think, I mean, I'm a data geek and, and you know, I'm an engineer. So I'm, I'm excited about what AI is and how it impacts the whole world. I just think we're, we live in a very exciting time right now. And, and what computers can do is, is pretty fascinating. As far as AI replacing SDRs, I mean, it's, you know, you should be using technology, AI or not, you should be using technology to enhance and improve, you know, how you operate as a sales development rep, right? There's so much great technology out there that if you're not using that, you are going to be left behind and your company is going to, is to get beat by competitors. So I think companies need to, need to incorporate, you know, a large amount of technology into what they do and help them be more efficient and effective at their jobs. You know, I think every every profession in the world is probably having a debate whether they're going to be replaced by robots. I don't think it's just sales development. I think marketers are. There's probably a thread out there on LinkedIn or some other social platform about if marketing is going to be replaced by AI or if or if account executives are going to be replaced by AI or even engineers themselves. Right. Like, why do we have humans writing code to develop applications and new platforms. Why don't we just replace the whole software development industry with artificial intelligence? So I think there's probably a debate in every industry and it makes for a good debate. It, it, it increases views and some advertising dollars probably within who's ever marketing on these web pages. But yeah, I mean, I think, you know, should SDRs be worried that they're going to lose their job this year or next year because a robot's going to take it over? My personal opinion, no, no chance. But can a team operate more effectively? You know, if you can, you look, can you do a job that three SDRs are doing? Can you do that with one right now with the proper technology? Yeah. And does that mean you need to fire those two people? No, it just means each of those individuals can build three times as much pipeline, right? So which is what a business wants. Exactly. And, and, you know, looking at it from a engineering perspective, you, if you can literally break down each of the parts of the SDR job, you know, from the beginning to the end, from the research to contacting people, you know, to setting up the appointment. And if there are parts of that that are more effective by using, you know, robots and, and computer programs, then of course, you know, you're, you're going to replace those. But I think that we're way out from the persuasive ability and the creativity that you need, you know, especially in having conversations. You know, if the SCR is doing everything over the Internet, then, you know, you could probably get, you know, to some degree, some effectiveness. But if you're actually talking to people and you need to, you know, use your creativity and persuasiveness to to sell your product and to try to sell them on taking a meeting. I think we're like 20, 30 years out from that. Yeah, yeah, I agree. It's it's going to be a long, long time before human beings are eliminated from, from the sales process. And I think also, you know, the thing is, too, to keep in mind is, you know, how much does a salary of someone cost, right? Because and using a simple analogy is the B2B versus B2C, right? A consumer products would sell better if there was a sales rep standing right there, right? If you walked into a gas station and there was a sales rep standing next to the Twix box and they were trying to sell you on Twix over, you know, Kit Kat and Snickers, like they would do a good job of selling more Twix. It just doesn't make any, doesn't make economic sense to have a sales representative stand at a gas station all day long promoting your product. So instead they use, you know, consumer goods because they're selling something that costs 90 cents. 
if you're selling something that costs fifty thousand dollars, it makes sense to have a human being involved because you know we're just better at selling than robots are and will be for for at least the next several decades. Yeah, and you know to that point. Anybody in the leadership role out there, spend some money on training, you know, <laughs> like, like get the people trained up and the SDRs and the AEs. I mean, I, I wanted to ask you about this, this concept of apprenticeship, but I, I think it's, it's amazing that we just throw people to the wolves in the sales industry and in the SDR industry. It's like you just throw them into the deep end and, and I hope that you survive. I mean, can you imagine if they did that in like any other profession, like dentistry? They're like, here, like go, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like go, go do some, you know, teeth cleanings. And if you're no good, you get fired. Like, come on, you know? Yeah. No, I mean, every, you know, CEO, CRO, even sales dev leader, right? They have pressure on them to accelerate and shorten the time to ramp, right? And we get, we talk with that with our, you know, a couple hundred clients on a, on a daily, weekly basis, right? Of like, you know, how do we, how do we get them trained and ramped as quickly as possible? Because they're, you know, they're generating revenue after that. But yeah, that's, imagine another industry. Imagine if, if the people that run medical schools are obsessing every day about how do you, trim medical school from four years to two years to one year to, to two weeks, right? How, how, how can we eliminate residency programs so that as soon as you graduate from, from school, you're immediately practicing medicine? It's just like, I mean, that's just not happening, right? It's crazy to think about because you want to make sure they take the time to learn the skills and sales should be the same way. I mean, people, organizations, they really need to take the time to invest, especially in, you know, as SDRs, which is, the first part of their sales career, right? If you really invest heavily within, with a sales and an SDR, make them effective, help them be a top performing rep, build millions of dollars with a pipeline, they're going to be happy. You're going to be happy. They're also going to be a lot stronger account executives, right? I mean, a lot of account executives need to make sure that they continue to prospect and flex that muscle because so, it's not just about knowing how to build pipeline. It's, it's you know, doing discovery calls and how do you really identify pain points when you're talking to someone for the first time and you want to make sure that AEs don't lose that skill set. So, I think sales training enablement is just such a crucial part of an organization, which in the startup world, there's so much pressure to ramp and train people as quickly as possible that it often gets neglected, which is quite unfortunate. It really is. I mean, it's like we don't have time for that and that kind of excuse. And it's like, well, okay, so you better have the best hiring program. You better use Vendition, you know, to find the best people on earth, the top 1% of people that can come in and figure everything out themselves and start producing pipeline in a month because it's a unicorn. Like, I mean, how do you find that person without any training, you know, involved? So that's my thing. I mean, all the best, I mean, even, even CEOs, right? The CEOs of fortune 500 companies, they all have trainers, coaches, mentors, right? I mean, they have, they have public speaking coaches. They have like People help them meditate, physical, you know, personal trainers for their health. I mean, it's, you know, they can afford, they can afford that. And yet at the junior levels, we're like, oh, you don't really need a mentor. You'll be fine. Just, you know, your, your manager will, will go through your two week new hire training and then you'll be just fine. And that's just uh, really need to invest in coaching and mentorship. I think that's, I think that's a big gap in the market within, you know, within all professions and really all industries is a continue to iterate and coach the employees you have at your business. Hundred percent, and it reminds me of two things. One is when uh, Dwight took Jim out to be his mentor to go sell something. That is hilarious. <laughs> if you if you're on YouTube, like if you if you have, want to waste some time, go find out when when that happened. <laughs> and then the other thing it reminds me of is on the 
in uh, Silicon Valley, the show where the Gavin Belson has like a guru, <laughs> literally like attached attached to him. His job is to kind of help him from a spiritual and meditation perspective. And it's like, he he's investing in this and we have almost nothing for the SDRs. So that reminds me, I just want to ask you the apprenticeship idea. That's really interesting because, you know, people go through their education, they go through years and years of education, they come out of school, and they're like, I have no idea what I want to do, which is a huge failure in, in our education system. And so the apprenticeship model is really interesting, because I know that it's big in Europe. You said it's big in the trades, but we don't see that a lot in the sales world. Yeah, that's exactly right. No, I think we're very excited about the rebrand and talking about apprenticeships. I mean, our, our core business has, hasn't changed in the last three years at all, but we did change it to the, you know, calling it apprenticeships, which this whole on-the-job training with supplemental coursework and curriculum certification, that business model has has been our business almost since, since inception. And we didn't even call it apprenticeships until 2018. I didn't even, you know, I'm, I'm like everyone else. It's, I'd heard that word, but I didn't really know exactly what it meant. And when I look more into it, I'm like, wow, this is basically describing our business exactly. We should we should probably call it sales apprenticeships. And we actually own the salesapprenticeships.com. And it's like, hey, no one's even using these terms. And so, but the whole concept of on-the-job training with supplemental coaching and, and coursework, I mean, that's, you know, that's our whole philosophy. And that's that's a lot of businesses' philosophies as far as how you teach sales, right? Sales sales isn't intended to be taught, you know, in a, in a whiteboard. Here's how you cold call. I'm gonna, I'm gonna bullet things out and then and then good luck. It's kind of, you know, you need that instructional direction and then they need to go iterate and then practice more and then iterate and then listen in on calls and iterate and it's an ongoing kind of learning process and so we're very excited about apprenticeships and regardless of where you fall on the political spectrum you know this is something that Obama kind of doubled down on the amount of apprenticeships that he's trying to push within the US and Trump has doubled down on what Obama in, invested in and Gavin Newsom the new governor of California wants to like 10x apprenticeships within California over the next 10 years. And so there's a lot of, of buzz right now. And we're, we're more than happy to spearhead that within, within sales development. Yeah, that's great. I mean, I think we tend to focus on all the negative stuff that's happening in the world, but it's great to see that they actually get it and they're trying to push this because I just think that people, you know, at that point in their career, they need, they need, you know, mentorship. They need to have uh, support and be able to bounce ideas off of and, and iterate on what they're doing to make sure that it's good. And then after a while, you can kind of take off the training wheels, do it yourself, and then you become the mentor to an apprentice, you know? And that's, it's like, if you think about it, that's how things worked for thousands of years. And we kind of got away from that in this very sink or swim type of model that's in place. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I always joke around, I need mentorship, right? I mean, I've built out sales teams a, a, across the globe, but I've never been a CEO before. Like, and so, you know, that's something that I did when I started this is I went out there and I, I seeked mentorship from people that have been CEOs and could help teach me how to do this job because I've never done it before. Yeah, that's hilarious because the CEO that I met like a couple of years ago, I actually interviewed with the company, but I didn't get the job. But I always thought that he was 
you know, really smart guy and I followed his blog and all this stuff. So fast forward, like a couple months ago, he sold the company and he was like on his blog, he said, Hey, you know, I'm, I'm going to be doing some consulting, but I'd love to meet with anybody, have coffee, stuff like that. And I was like, Oh man, this is awesome. Cause this guy is very well known in Silicon Valley. So I, I left him a comment and I was like, Hey, I met you a couple of years ago and you know, I'd love to take you out for coffee or buy your breakfast and something like that. And here's my LinkedIn and email. And then the next day he looked at my LinkedIn and then never replied. <laughs> and I was like, okay, so yeah, thanks. <laughs> I want to mentor people, but I don't actually but not want you. to. I just want to tell, I just want to tell the world I want to mentor people. I'm not actually interested in helping anyone. That's, oh, that's hilarious. Yeah. So you know what, though, guys? Uh, uh, you know, everybody listening on the show, if you've been in sales development long enough, like rejection just rolls off your back. Like, <laughs> you don't even think about it anymore. Yeah, I have uh, I have developed thick skin, I think, uh, for certainly over, over the years. Oh, my God. And that is so helpful, man. I mean, with anything in life, like if you can just sort of keep rolling forward and just let the arrows and you know, meteors and everything that comes at you to hit you and you just keep going forward with a positive attitude. I mean, that is the key to a great life. And that's why we're in this business, right? Yeah, exactly. It's definitely exciting. You get, you're going to get used to a lot of rejection. And we tell our apprentices that all the time, but just keep grinding. And that's, that's part of the assessment too, is right. You have to identify who are the people that are able to just keep taking the punches and getting back up and keep fighting versus those that are just you know, they're just not, they're not wired that way. And it might be difficult for them to deal with that much rejection on, on a monthly basis. Yeah. But I mean, even, even so, like if anyone's out there and they're thinking about getting involved in Vendition or getting involved in sales development, there's that old saying, do one thing every day that scares you. Right. And I, I used to see that and I'd be like, Dude, I live in San Francisco. Like walking down the street for you know, waking up like, scares the shit out of me. Around here. But but the more that you think about it, it's like if you can push yourself outside of your comfort zone, right? And you can do something that makes you go, you know, I I might look stupid or I might get rejected. Like the more that you can push that comfort zone out, the more interesting and rewarding your life becomes. And so I finally got to understand what that meant. It wasn't like just riding on BART, dude, and like holding your pepper <laughs> spray and being like, I am scared right now. You know what I mean? For sure. No, that's, a, that's absolutely <laughs> correct. And I think, yeah, that's a, that's a good way. I mean, you know, you, you, you got to challenge yourself every day. You got to push yourself out of your comfort zone. And those are the individuals that, that really improve. Yeah, this is awesome. So James, I, again, if, if people don't know James, like check out vendition.com and we'll list the websites down there. Look at, uh, watch the presentation from the conference last year and definitely connect on LinkedIn. Is that the best way to get in touch with you? Yeah. Yeah. LinkedIn's great. I'm on there every day. Awesome. James, thank you so much for being on the show and sharing your wisdom. This is a really interesting topic and we really appreciate having you on the sales development podcast. Yeah, I appreciate you having me on, David. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening to the Sales Development Podcast, the only audio forum 100% focused and dedicated to sales development with your host, David Delaney. Please be sure to subscribe to the show on YouTube and take a moment to leave us a review on iTunes. Your support makes our show possible. If you are struggling with your sales development program, contact us at 10bound.com for a no-obligation exploratory call. 
Again, that's 10bound.com.